Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This week, it's part two of Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, LC, and I am joined, as always, with the post-grunge Baco. How are you, sir? Um, uh, Well, I'm, I'm well, but uh, are we, uh, you're officially now uh, making the change from Loose Cannon to LC? I just shortened it up, you know, just like okay. Terminator 2 is T2. And, right. you know, it, in general, like I, I heard uh, on, the, on the Craig Smith episode <laughs> that he, he, he called me a cannonball. I liked it, and, yeah. Uh, which was was almost as as absurd as that, and I was like, you know what, it might be time to move on to to initials, and or I was thinking about just changing myself to to go by Run, like Cannonball Run. Hmm. What say you? Yeah, I, I like that too. Uh, but it has to be Sea Run or something like that. Sea Ball Run. How about Sea Ball? Can we call you Sea Ball? Sea Ball. <laughs> I don't know. Sea Ball. Uh, yeah, we'll just see. I, I think that that as we move forward and our and our fame grows, that I need more a more professional title, LC and Baco. <laughs> when you, yeah, when you're when you're trying to line up an interview, it's like yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Adam Lewis <laughs> I Cannon. Yeah, I, um, put, I put L Cannon. I always put LC on those emails now. I'm like maybe I just uh-huh. need to shift over there for respectability. Yeah, which I will not have. But anyway, <laughs> 1996. Yeah, back to 1996, baby, part two. The greatest year in rock. Yeah, man, this was a pivotal year for for myself as a as a young young youngish man. Where, where do you want do you want me to start? Or do you want you want to talk about where you were this this year? I think I'll let. Why don't I let you take the lead? Okay. Well, 1996, I had just graduated from college and was starting to embark 
on on, on adulthood. And, you know, this was, and, and my, what I mean by that is after I graduated, I didn't have a fucking job. And I worked at Eddie Bauer. <laughs> mm, nice. <laughs> folding, folding clothes. I've shopped and, at Eddie Bauer. Uh, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sure if you, you know much. Uh, my, my idea about Eddie Bauer is, you know, they always want, want you to buy the clothes that you, that, that they have to wear and they give you a big discount. And I was like, you know, I'm good. Does anybody actually <laughs> buy anything? Any of the clothes at Eddie Bauer? Do you own anything by Eddie Bauer? It's like not anymore. I, I actually, me, I, I've probably bought like a pair of gloves or something like that there before. Um, but uh, yeah, this train wreck of a girl I dated in the early two thousands was a fan, and so and one of her favorite hobbies was to dress me, and she bought me shit from Eddie <laughs> Bauer. But uh, I mean, like I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just amazed. It's one of those places that I'm I'm, I'm shocked is still in business because the stuff was never like, damn man, where'd you get that? Well, that's Eddie Bauer. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There was there was nothing to that. It, it was a popular place with uh, for guys in uh, in uh, like southern Minnesota that like going to what they consider clubs in southern Minnesota. Uh, you know, to shop at. You know, they like the old evergreen uh, a pump spray and uh, <laughs> all the. If you know, if, I'll say this: if you lived in Dodge Center, Minnesota, in nineteen ninety something, and you had one of those belts that that are like weaved, so you can just kind of poke it through, oh, and it, it hangs that's down. Right. I remember those. Yeah. So okay. Open belts. Those guys loved Eddie Bauer. Okay. Yeah, those belts were like, if you're a 36-inch waist, they were like a 44. You'd just yeah, just wrapping he, well, them around could yourself. Fit, fit so many different people because you just jam it in the fucking uh, the weave. You go to a line dance and turn it into a lasso. <laughs> oh, man. Guarantee that's happened. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So in the entire time, I'm just folding with anger, you know, just like... And and finally, I, can you should make a video when we're done with this uh, of you like you showing your f- clothes folding technique for the listeners. <laughs> well, I've graduated now. Now I do it like that that one broad on uh, that one Asian broad on uh, Netflix and just roll everything <laughs> into a. Uh, you know, right? What's that yeah, lady's name? I don't know who you're talking about. Of course, every time you have a TV reference, it's something that nobody watches. Oh, Matt, uh, uh, God damn it! <laughs> Hold on for a second. You can't no, remember. She actually was very. Quite famous. She, Asian uh, broad. Is, yeah. That, Folding it's, clothes. She, oh, that's the entire show is organizing <laughs> it. She goes, no, seriously, this lady is, I can't remember her name right now, but she is, but she, she was quite. She's the quite head the, mistress uh, at a podcaster's efficiency apartment complex. <laughs> she purges. She goes to people's houses, has them purge everything, organize everything. And she has this way of, of folding that's supposed to give you like feng shui or some kind of. Oh, my, Mary Kondo. Mary Kondo. That's her name. Got it. You got it. Okay, so let's move. Let's move forward. <laughs> and uh, so the next ten years, though, nineteen ninety six is when I decided that I would like to, as as my dream was as a young boy, to work for Enterprise Rent a Car for almost oh, the next. Oh yeah, I, um, me too. Almost, <laughs> almost the next ten years, where I would tell you this. This I got this stuck decade, at National. What you actually were in a car rental place? Yeah, Avis. <laughs> Holy sh! Are you no, kidding? No, I'm just me? kidding. No. Oh, okay. Well, this place. But by the way, just for for those that, that don't know, Enterprise Rent a Car is basically a a is basically getting paid to go drink beer after hours several times uh, a week and live at Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, this was a this was a stage of just insanity. Everybody's 25 years old. Nice. Uh, uh, all the ladies, all the guys together. Uh, We're about. The, so we talking here? Uh, Indiana, Florida. Somewhere else, Indiana, Indiana. Well, no, not Indiana. Um, Chicago is where I, where ah, I was. Ah, the Big Apple. Yeah. 
yes, the Big Apple. Um, uh, America's Crossroads, I think it's yeah, called yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this was the, the the year that you know graduating, that didn't know what to do. To, uh, and and so that was this is why I remember this year getting my first apartment for uh, $500 a month, all utilities included, in Griffith, mm. Indiana, which is one block away from Gary, Indiana, to give you my uh, economic uh, uh, okay. level at that time. So uh, That's a cultural hotbed. It is. It is. Uh, you know, There's nothing like being right next door to the murder capital of the United See States. See a diversity, right? Mm-hmm. See a diversity. Me and uh, and Gary. Gary, Indiana, you ever, is named after the dumbest guy in every group. You ever notice that the dumbest <laughs> guy in any group is named Gary? I thought it was Steve. Yeah, no, no, Steve's cool. So that that was where I was uh, making, you know, just starting to, to build up my debt, as any young man should with credit right cards. Right on. What you didn't you? have any coming out of college? I, uh, no, of course, because, you know, I'm, I'm from a very, uh, you know, prestige. Oh, that's upbringing. right. Uh, <laughs> I'm loose junior. Hmm. <laughs> I was driving my first Mercedes, but it was, a, you know, I was only a couple years old. So I felt a little, a little bad. Uh. Well, I'll just tell you one one other thing. This is that you know, because only Ask Jeeves was around uh, to (laughs) to research apartment buildings. That's one of the reasons I ended up in Griffith, right next to Gary, where I actually moved into a place where. Do you remember those apartment guides you would get, maybe, uh, and you would have like these big, like beautiful pictures of you know ducks in a pond and beautiful what the amenities were. Do you remember your first apartment? Like, like how oh, you of course I do. It? Uh, it was a tenement in Rochester. Uh, to call it an apartment was a bit much. Our, Wilson and I's rent was two hundred and ten dollars a month, I believe. Um, Split though. Yeah, we yeah. So yeah, I was paying like one hundred and five dollars till that was during college. Um, and then my next apartment was at a regular complex, but uh, I don't. We just it was in Rochester, and we needed a place to move to. So I don't remember looking at a lot of brochures. Well, I've lived okay. in one place for a long time. I may have forgotten that part of it. Okay. Well, this was the thing. Like it was two hours away. You know, I was moving and stuff like that. So you looked at it, it looked beautiful. Then you get there, and it's it was completely like like all the all all the pool. I said like it has three pools. All three pools were shut down and like condemned. And then uh, it was all that trickery you can't do these days. <laughs> Did they shoot uh, my name as Earl there? Oh, it pretty much was, man. There I got the there, reference okay. people get. <laughs> well, oh, okay, excellent. <laughs> I saw. I only saw one episode. And that was with Mary Kondo when she was on the, the guest yeah, star. All right. But, anyway. Yeah. So to give you an idea, after two weeks of living there, uh, my neighbor, who was like a 70, 70 year old guy, all of a sudden there's police tape there, and he was killed. And I found out that the, the, the story was the fact he, he was he was killed uh, by one of his uh, uh, hookers that that came by. Like he uh, he paid some lady, and she robbed him and ended up killing him. So that's where I was living, and I was like. Wow, I've made some excellent choices in life, and and this will be where I go. And uh, I even back then I saw Uber in my future. Do, do you mind if I tell a quick side story of the the, the the place I was telling you about? Now this goes back to ninety ninety one ish, but Will, that that place that Wilson and I were living at, there was a, a I'm just going to say a man and his pregnant a girlfriend or wife living upstairs. Um, sure, uh, he was uh, quite the player though. He was often out, and she was not. Uh, one uh, one evening, Wilson and I are just sitting around watching a fucking MTV or something. We get a banging at the door, and it's her, and she needs us to take eight TVs and hold on to them for her because uh, Larry, I think his name was, got arrested that night. So and eight I'm like, TVs. And, and Wilson's like, we got to do this. I'm like, dude, we're not fucking putting these things are fucking stolen. So Obviously. we opened up the laundry room and let her hide them down there because uh, there we had, there was a laundry room in the basement that was shared. I'm like, at least we can fucking have some plausible deniability. But uh, 
Well, plus back then each TV was like seventy pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, the way to see, yeah, it was a lot of work too. But uh, that that part I wasn't able to get out of. But uh, anyway, that uh, the cops did come. Uh, I don't remember what what hell happened with old Larry. They weren't living there too much longer, and the TVs were still in the basement when they left. So I got a free TV out of the deal. Cobra hack. <laughs> Cobra hack. Anyway. Uh, so what else? Well, you, you get your apartment set up, and then uh, you start slaying the the squish. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, shortly after, I had a, a girl move in with my, my girlfriend at the time, move in with me, and she brought a ferret with her. That was her her pet. And I'll just leave it at that. This is a saga in and of itself. Hmm. Sounds like a future episode, but uh... not a gerbil. If you're going there, but a ferret. But a ferret. <laughs> I wasn't, but now I am. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, so that that part was rather musky. But enough about my uh, my bad decision making. What about you? Nineteen ninety six. It seems in, in many ways the years we end up picking for this end up being somewhat symbiotic for us, despite as you like to to announce all the time our giant age gap. Uh, it was a huge year of change for me too. Um, I basically, I, I when I. Dropped out of college. I lived in Rochester for about another year. Then I, I started dealing with a lot of, um, I don't know, personal issues that 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 were just. It was clear that I needed to kind of to reset Baco, basically. So I moved back home to live with my dad for a while. The plan was to stay there not too long. It ended up being about a year and a half. But by Ooh. 1996, I, I decided I'm this is it. I'm going to just find a job in the Twin Cities, find a place to live, and I'm going to pursue music for the next decade at least. I'm going to push hard to at least establish something and see where I can take it from there. Can I, can I so, yeah, ask you a question? Yeah. Can I ask you a question real quick? I got to tell you, I forgot to mention that too. Isn't that the hardest thing? Like in '96, after not living at home, I ended up living at home for about six months before I got the job. That is an odd thing to go back, right? It is, yeah. Um, and then my dad started dating this woman, and she and her, her and I didn't get along. And when you're an adult, it's a lot different than when you're a child dealing with a stepmother that doesn't like you. You know what I mean? Sure. A lot more of the onus is clearly on me. You know, and, and uh, so whatever. It just made it kind of uncomfortable, is all. She was a uh, far more better person than my stepmother but uh but yeah I, so i make the move i actually got the job that i fucking still have um I, oh I, really that's the year wow yeah okay. um so i had uh I, I basically had five offers uh it was a much different employment time and back then kids you had to drive to the employer yes. uh, grab an application fill it out and then call them back um but uh no i had i basically i had my choice of a few different places i i feel pretty well that i that i made the right choice because it's uh it's allowed me to do a lot of different things and, you know, also pay my bills. So, um, but yeah, that was a really big, big deal for me. And, uh, it, uh, you know, obviously my, my dreams of rock stardom never really panned out, but a lot of things did work out for me. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm about 95% happy with everything in my life right now. And the 5% is all related about to money, which I think almost everybody deals with. So, um, but yeah, uh, and also in 96, I had, I think, a very pivotal relationship with this girl named Shelly. And you ever, I don't know, have you ever dated somebody for, I don't know, for about three months that are great and then it just becomes very obvious that you're really two different people? Or, or just not compatible, I should say, after, just after kind of cruising, like, hey, this is going really good. Uh, that's that pretty much defines most relationships. Okay. Well, I don't know. I hung on for another three months. That uh, I mean, other than the fact that it, it sets up everything else in your life. So if you're happy with something after that, you can't really cherry pick these these three months. But yeah, it was sure. it was kind of nasty there at the beginning in '97. But 
Um, yeah, you know, but other than that, uh, I was, uh, other than that uh, period, I was an emotional wreck, but for the most part, yeah, she, she, she took my heart out and stepped on it and fucking took a deuce on it and all that shit, but uh, at least I had music the whole time, but that was basically the nuts of it in shell for me. I was also, when I was single, I was going to, to clubs with my roommates. The Mall of America the, had a level that was all nightclubs at that time. You just go there and get <laughs> really? fucking hammered and fucking drive home at, I mean, I was going to work on four hours sleep, three nights a week at least you know it was just it was great that's the most amazing thing back in the day though is is when you're when you're younger were were like the enterprise days i could we could be out until the, like bars closed at three in the morning like mm-hmm. uh, in chicago unlike okay. other places and you could be there at 7 30 in the morning and be fine and then do it again the next day <laughs> i don't know that i would ever say i was fine but yeah you could power through it now you're just like i'm not even gonna fucking go there well, that's what uh, I mean. Yeah, Old no. men. I mean, yeah, you, if you think fucking dry heaving into a paper recycling bin is fine, yeah, I, I guess I was fine. <laughs> uh. Oh, my God. But the greatest thing is that through all these trials and tribulations, that the power of rock and roll yes. that led us down this path to completely revolutionize this podcast industry the way we have, mm-hmm. to push things next level, to make other shows sound like ours. This <laughs> is 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 the goal that we have 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 achieved. On our gravestones, it will say, "Podcast Revolutionaries." Yes. Name a band that you listened to this year. Oh, is it my pick? Am I going first? Yeah, man. Well, why don't we open up with Metallica? They were kind of in a transition phase in '96. The album Load came out, and <gasps> they had short hair, man. I know they went to super supercuts. Uh, this album is not definitely, it definitely isn't one of my favorite Metallica records, but I do think it's a good album. I th- have we talked about this record much? I think we've touched on it maybe only in reference to doing Hardwired, like like uh, okay. as far as like the, the ranking and, and things like that. Like, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I have something yeah, to I, say. Yeah, I thought we did have something on that. But yeah, you know, Bob Rock's back, and after the big success of the Black Album, it was a bit of a wait for this. Uh, and um, the years. opening single, uh, Until It Sleeps, kind of fell flat for me, but I went out and bought the record, and uh, the opening track for me is is a keeper, and it's Ain't My Bitch.
Yeah, for whatever reason, in uh, at least in my area, I don't think it was officially a single, but they actually leaked or put out "Ain't My Bitch." Maybe it wasn't a an official single first before it, until it sleep sleeps for us. So that okay. was actually my first taste of the album. That would have helped if I heard that first, but I was going to buy yeah. it regardless. Yeah, but I remember getting it and being like, uh, pretty confused about it because I, because I, I, "Ain't My Bitch" is the one that I heard first, and then. The 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 oddness the what, how how odd was that Artie video for until it sleeps? Like, <laughs> there was no odder than the bull semen on the screen. Uh, true. The, seeing Hammett and uh, Lars make out just kind of I don't know, <sighs> probably right? pushed a few more Metallica fans deeper into the closet. <laughs> there was only there's only a, like one or two songs that even had some some uh, thrashiness to it so it sort of followed the 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 line of of the black album you know as far as the the, the type of songs so yeah but i i I think that there is it's it's half of a an actual good album if you can take if you can step back a little bit and say and and you're not expecting ride the lightning i think there's some pretty uh cool just straight up rock songs on it yeah um but there's some definitely filler that reload is a turd Uh, i've never how how fuel is in their set list or even played or, or, or this? It's I, just got to be a favorite of uh, James is where I'm going. Got to be, man, because because uh, it sucks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty. Did you see them on this tour at all? Though? No, no. Easily their 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 best tour that they ever did with the whole uh, multiple stages and the 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 fake uh, guy falling and catching on fire. Do you know what I'm talking about or yeah. not? Yeah, that I thought was badass. Everything since then has, has not been as good. Okay, well, what do you got? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the Weezer. <laughs> the Weezer. Yeah, and that's for you, Eric Camaro. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, so they follow up the their huge success of the the Blue Album two years later with Pinkerton, and this was a big bomb. They, the first single, El Scorcho, didn't do anything. <laughs> Uh, this is the record that every diehard Weezer fan says you don't understand Pinkerton. <laughs> what I what I understand is that they shouldn't have oh, they shouldn't have led with with El Scorcho because it's probably the the worst song on the album in, okay. in my opinion. But but there are some great tracks on this. Tired of Sex is a is a is a great. I title haven't listened too. to it in over a decade, so I, I'll be yeah? interested to, to hear the, the track you pick. Maybe I'll go back to it. But this album yeah. bored the fuck out of me. Oh, I, I loved it. I loved it, and it was just odd that after this is where it, it got this whole critical claim, where it just like just that's kind of where I was going. It's like oh, right, yeah. it's like Pitchfork suddenly is like the the tastemaker of the year. Like oh, you guys don't understand. Weezer really knocked it out of the park with this. I don't know. No, I get it, but it, but it's it's almost like the uh, you know Beastie Boys following up with Paul's Boutique, where that one is revered like in is a. You know, a masterpiece where it just was a complete failure too. But anyway, so that so how come people so, don't feel that way like about uh, music from the Elder or uh, uh, like some of those uh, lost era Sabbath records? You know, it's like uh, it, it seems harder to get the that kind of opinion out of you know because that, that's kind of where I, what I was thinking about that is like if I was a bigger Weezer fan, I would have definitely gone back to it a, a bunch of times even if I didn't like it because I still do that with like Black Sabbath, Forbidden, and Cross Purposes. Those records don't do much for me, but every now and then I'm like maybe I need to give it another chance you know riot right. every time like once a year some friend of mine will post something about that band riot with that stupid uh, yeah. uh seal man dolphin and, and I, i'll go back and check it out and i'm like this is just as boring as i remember it <laughs> I know. 
know. I know. And then you feel even worse because you're looking at the guy with a, le- a seal wearing a leotard or whatever it is. <laughs> Ready for war, seal head man. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. But, uh, but yeah. The so, Weezer. So, so going back to the Weezer, we have I don't understand even what the big deal was because to me it was very similar to the Blue Album too. So in in style and everything like that. But whatever. But the the main thing is that if they had led with this specific track instead, I think it would have been completely different. And that is one that would have perfectly fit on the Blue Album, like I think most of this does. And that is the makes me happy every time I hear it. The Good Life. couple fun facts about the Weezer Rivers Cuomo had such a a like because of this this album was such a bomb he actually went and went back to, I think he went to Harvard you know he went yep. to college the uh, whole band Harvard broke or up MIT I believe it was Harvard though it's something uh very unique and everything I guess for you know for a rock star and everything he went that completely got his degree and it wasn't until I think 2001 that they came out with the green album with uh with a hash pipe and a couple other yeah. Uh, hits on it too that yeah it completely disbanded after that but yeah if you sometimes if you break up you go to college come back all the weezer yeah but they've never had but see it's those first two albums the rest of their their discography is one or two songs on albums that i like but most of it's just garbage i think okay Your opinion 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. The two greatest hits is fine. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, you're up, man. Um, well, one thing about 96 that uh, was happening a lot that I think kind of sets up, sort of sets up where I'm going with my next pick, is that 96 was uh, a big year for bands reuniting. I know, like, well, of course, Kiss uh, right. got back together. It was announced, I think, at either the Grammys or the American Music Awards. They walked out on stage with Tupac, and then we're all supposed to just assume that that means they're <laughs> back together. That was weird as shit, but I thought it was still thought it was cool. Uh, I love that. I love that picture. You keep seeing that picture. Yeah, it is kind of nuts. Um, and then uh, the Sex Pistols, of course, uh, uh, reunited. Um, yep. But you know, kind of where um, uh, where where you were talking a little bit uh, off mic um, that that you were kind of pointing out that you know the obvious thing is that the reunion for Kiss was sort of set up uh, from the MTV Unplugged, right? Uh, now, th- yep. See, I'm going to just touch on the Unplugged thing before we go into reun- reunion, and that is that I mean, when I saw that on MTV, I thought that was awesome. I mean, it was only an hour, and I knew there was more. Um, and so when the actual album came out, I, I was thrilled to finally hear the entire, you know, the entire show. And to me, I think Unplugged is just a, a great moment. Like if I'm going to, going to, you know, you could put that on a playlist for people who don't even like Kiss and you can just see the, the, the selection of songs. I thought that was really cool. And it kind of think, validated um, that their music is not as dumb and bad as it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it's dumb and bad at yeah. times, but uh, there is some depth to some of their stuff, you know what I mean? And and with Bruce Kulick and, and Singer in the band, you got to see that the musicianship of Gene and Paul wasn't that bad either, you know? Yeah, I think their, their singing was top-notch, I think they really, really pushed it on that. I just I just think it's a, it's a great moment in history. And I will say one other thing about it. And that is that I, I, I do say that the, the selection of Plaster Caster on acoustic yeah. was not, the, was was not awesome. a great choice, though. It is so funny to hear that acoustic talking about his dick getting encased. In, in, uh, in my, it's just a ridiculous song to pick for that. But other than that, it was a good song selection. I was happy with that being in there, so fuck you. What? Oh, I love that song. It's just it's just funny to hear him uh, sitting on a, on a, you know, just looking at the visual of them playing acoustic guitars talking about their dicks. Come on. Yeah. The rest of them were dick songs, is my point. Uh, there's dick songs. There's a dick in every kiss song. <laughs> <laughs> you just sometimes in some you don't way, even every see kiss it. song is about Paul's or Gene's dick. Every once in a while, you just get a dick in the air. Even Beth like... is about Paul's dick. <laughs> okay, I did. Sorry, All right. Kate. Uh, but anyway. yeah, I should mention real quick: the Monkees' new edition and Poison and Supertramp all reunited that year too. Uh, huh. But uh, wow. I, I only mentioned two bands. I should probably flesh that out a little bit. But uh, yeah, so back to the unplugged thing though. Alice in Chains had their own unplugged, and this was one of the last performances with Lane Staley. So even though it wasn't technically a new release, I wanted to play something off that. Is that cool? Do it. I thought they knocked it out of the park. Hearing Down in a Hole Unplugged was amazing. So here it is, Allison Chains with Down in the Hole.
So yeah, so doing research on this, I was not aware of this, but so I saw Kiss on the Reunion tour, and I think it was like their fourth date. It was at least the, the, within the first fo- uh, handful of, of dates they did, and it was in, in Louisville on the Reunion tour, and I was supposed to get STP, and, you know, Wyland had some issues, so then they brought in another person severely on drugs, Lane, um, and Allison Chains, and... I didn't know this at the time, but this was the second to last performance ever mm. of Alice in Chains with Lane. It was the the following concert that was in St. Louis. So, Think about that. I mean, I know it's second to last, but uh, out of the big grunge guys, you saw the second to last performance of, of Alice in Chains with Lane. I saw the second to last Soundgarden show. I know. I was We're second about to that. lasters, baby. It's crazy. Uh, we can now identify as that. You know what I mean? It's like, do you identify as a man or a woman or a trans? We identify as second to lasters. It's a new thing, people. It's for real. Two, 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 two L. Is that? Uh, I'm trying to think of the acronym. You got to have an acronym like yeah, that or whatever. Two T L. Okay, two T L. I like it. But <laughs> man, for, for two T Lers unite. <laughs> I got. I got to tell you the. Uh, uh, I had seen Alice in Chains a couple years earlier at Lollapalooza, and they they're phenomenal. When I saw them at at uh, the Kiss open for Kiss. Whew, you could tell there was something going on. I yeah. mean, it was sloppy as fuck. So, well, wow. it could have it anyway, could have been worse. You could have got Sponge. That is true. That or Jesus. I mean, that, that rotation of openers on that. You know what? At I least, was rooting for Melvins. I think I got them too. Did you? I, well, at least they rotate. They did some nice rotation of openers uh, for that versus just you know a painter or something. They gave bands chances when they came to their area. Sure. You know, I think it was kind of regional and stuff. Yeah. Whatever. But uh, I guarantee they didn't pay any of them. Really, a regional like so Seattle and Indiana are in the same region in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, but later on that tour, you just saw the random bands open for them. I'm saying, yeah, I'm I don't know. I sure. wonder how much they got paid. I think the um, when they started doing like uh, oh the Psycho Circus and, and the Farewell, those like when it was basically Ted Nugent and Skid Row the entire time. We know yeah. they didn't get a lot of money. No, and then the other ones I think were just happy to open for them for free. Is what I mean. Sure, that's yeah. just random. But uh, they didn't definitely on the reunion tour. They didn't need an opener to sell tickets. Is my point. No, exactly. So uh, not like now, David LaRoth. <laughs> so what, check your group uh, on inbox, people. Kiss is coming. I'll also stand by my statement that uh, was not that impressed with the reunion tour. Said it before. Say it again. Sloppy. That's all I got. Okay, good for you. I still say I still say revenge, best lineup ever. Take that. Well, I mean, and, and and every show on the revenge tour was just fucking sold out. It was such a great crowd vibe at every show, right? I don't care about that. I'm just talking. If about you're from telling a me the musicianship standpoint. was better on the revenge lineup, of course it was. Okay, but there, there was go. a look. You also saw the better first stage show. show, better stage show, oh, more no energy. Way. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. The, the the Alive 2 stage is one of the best stages of all time. And that wasn't Alive 2. It was a fucking... It was nothing like Alive 2. The it was... Tour. They tried to replicate it a little bit. Yeah, and by right? replicate, they didn't do it. Whatever. They put amps it on stage, was better. Two was Kiss better. logos, Not, a yeah. fucking shitty-ass screen in the middle. You call that a show? 
Yeah, and I'll tell you what, next time you want to have this hardline stance that goes against the grain, maybe don't see one of the first half a dozen shows of a band that features Peter, Chris, and Ace Freely, two of the least rehearsed musicians on the planet. They might need a week or two to get things tight. Listen, I saw that Second Coming DVD. They played Deuce at least 70,000 times getting ready for, for that tour. <laughs> Well, now that you've basically exposed yourself as a fraud, as a KISS fan, um, why don't you uh, tell us what you got next for... What's your what's your next pick for 1996, the greatest year in rock? Well, sure. And that is a band that I know no other songs by, and I think is perfect, is that I should transition to Buttholes. That is Butthole Surfers with Pepper. Marky got with Sharon, and Sharon got Sharia. She was Sharon, Sharon's outlook on the topic of disease. Mikey had a facial scar, and Bobby was a racist. They were all in love with dying, they were doing it in Texas. Tommy played piano like a kid out in the rain, and then he lost his leg in Dallas. He was dancing with the train. They were all in love with dying, they were drinking from a fountain that was pouring like an avalanche coming down the mountain. I don't mind the sun sometimes, the images it shows. You on my lips and smell you in my clothes Cinnamon and sugary and softly spoken lies You never know just how to look through other people's eyes Pursuit and fiery auto crashes. Some will die in hot pursuit while sifting through my ashes. Some will fall in love with life and drink it from a fountain that is pouring like an avalanche coming down the mountain. I don't mind the sun sometimes, the images it shows. I can taste you on my lips and smell you in my clothes. Cinnamon and sugary and softly spoken lies. You never Yeah, so there's a band I know nothing about. You don't know anything about them except the fact that it's amazing the name of their band. I remember I like I heard about them forever, and they just seemed to kind. Of, there was one of those, those old time bands that were kind of like that punk alternative thing that was kind of like you know all on indie labels that seemed to benefit from grunge exploding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, I, I mentioned the Melvins a little bit ago, uh, King Buzzo was interviewed, and like when their first major label record came out, the record company came back and was like, "Yeah, you sold uh, thirty thousand records this week," and they're like, thirty thousand records!" They're like, right. they're blown away, and the record company's like, "No, that's that's fucking horrible. This is a disaster." <laughs> right. And they're like, "Fuck that, we're thrilled. Thirty thousand people bought our fucking record. Yeah, that's more than all of our records combined." But yeah, these kind of they were kind of like that, except for they had kind of a nice little hit off that right this record with Pepper. Oh yeah, and then that, but but I remember seeing pictures of the band and the, like lead singer had this big beer gut, and I think he would, uh, his pants were he, he had like the, the plumber crack a lot. I think that's maybe why they got their their name. What say you? Could be, yeah. I don't know. I I, I don't know, know the I don't know that, the backstory in the butthole surfers. Uh, I don't go deep on the butthole surfers. <laughs> I can just tell you this: butthole surfers perfectly rated. All right, man. 
Tell me another band that you were listening to in 1996, Baco. Well, my next pick isn't necessarily a band that I listened to. I liked one song by them. And I don't know if you've ever heard a band that, like, when you hear one song that you really like, but you can tell just by listening to it that you're not going to like anything else they do. Um, sure. This band, like, the Goo Goo Dolls pretty much are another band like that. I only like one song, and I knew when I heard it that this is not indicative of who they are and you could probably almost interchange these two bands but uh yeah no i hear you like like for me it's the no diggity by block street oh yeah <laughs> ah yeah you know what I, I bought that cd for a buck i figured i could buy one song for a dollar it was used but uh yeah no diggity no yeah same here that's a perfect example <laughs> <laughs> came out in 1996. That's why I mentioned it. Oh, yeah. No diggity. Well, anyway, with with that, uh, my pick is the band Tonic and the song Open Up Your Eyes. the name of the record was something really rocking and cool like the lemon parade or something like that so but anyway the, the, the girl that i talked about that uh destroyed my my heart and, and shit all over it uh sure. she bought me the cd for christmas so that's what i own it for that reason nice yeah talk's one of those bands that kind of like eve six and a couple of those that kind of like just lumped yeah in there was that there wasn't me. that kind of wave like toad the wet sprocket and all this kind of like light alt rock kind of, I don't know. Like I said, I think I called it male Lilith Fair. Easy for me to say. Uh, we, we should say that that this was the, also the year of the, the well, maybe it started to be hurt, but Seven Mary 3 had an album, Matchbox 20. It was the beginning of the numbers. But this was not the year Seven Mary 3's big record came out, was it? Yeah, it, it, Cumbersome came out this year. Okay. Well, I'm a, shit, man, I, I like that record. Is that Seven Mary 3 or is that a different one? That's seven, Yeah, that's Seven Mary 3, yeah. 
Yeah, that's the whole thing is I even get them all confused because of the numbers. But uh, Yeah, I, I was surprised. Remember when I, I interviewed the, the producer for that uh, Iced Earth episode? He actually produced Seven Mary 3. And I was surprised I to find out they had other records. <laughs> they, they came they came here with a fucking um, uh, Collective Soul, and it was packed. I think I talked about that. Like, ah, like a year Collective ago. Soul. Yes. Grunge Light. Oh, my God, yes. It's uh, like religious. Dad Grunge. Yes. Did I ever tell you what? my son-in-law called Slayer uh, Dad Rock? Slayer is now Dad Rock? Wow. <laughs> like, what the fuck? At the time, he was still living with his parents. I'm like, what the fuck do you listen to? Live at, live at home with your parents, Rock? <laughs> oh, I, I, I just think it's a funny image. Like, Dad Rock is something you see a guy with, like, like a polo shirt and khakis listening to Angel of Death. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, well, of course, you know, I think the image of me taking a defensive is, is even funnier. It's like, what the, who the <laughs> fuck are you calling? That's right. So you want to hear some some facts? Hit me. Here are some technology facts. DVDs came out in Japan. They weren't here yet, but they had started. That's when did you get fun. your first DVD player? What year about? Man, I'm gonna say '99 or 2000. It was right. Yeah, in the same zone. here. And I paid. I remember I bought it for like 120. dollars It was a piece of shit, and mm-hmm. it was a super cheap DVD player at the time. I remember my first DVD player was almost like the beginning Blu-rays. You'd put it in there, you'd hit play, and sweet suffering fuck, it would take like a minute to warm up. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> okay, okay. And then the most annoying thing that I couldn't get past for, for DVDs was the fact that, that those one, those menus you couldn't skip, that they forced you to watch the previews, were at uh. least on a, on a damn VCR you could hit fast forward. Right, man? Yeah, that not a little known fact though. That was largely only on rental DVDs at the time. Correct. Yes, that is true. That is true. Uh, as you know, I'm a purchaser, not a renter. Yes, I'm an owner, and not a renter. 1996 global warming showed a record high. It's a good thing we solved that though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see what else here. Now we call um, it climate change because Americans are stupid. <laughs> Let me it's see called what global else. warming. It has the word warm in it, and then someday it's not warm. Proof. Science. <laughs> Let me see here. I um, don't feel global warming is a real thing. No, please. I watched two YouTube videos about it. <laughs> the earth is flat, damn it. Doesn't That's make right. any sense. You want me to go into some movies? Yeah, hey, let's hit the, the final top ten. Yeah. Maybe we can go. find You know what? Not a lot of hot, hot spank action in the movie theaters in 96 so far. Let's see if we can step that up. You mind if I go into top TV shows first? Do the top 10? Why not? Yeah, let's hear it. All I, right. I, I watched almost no TV during this time. Okay. Well, here we go. You've got uh, what I always think is funny is I never really consider it an actual show, but I, anytime it shows up, I'm like, okay, I guess so. 60 minutes, number 10. Okay. Uh, touched by an angel. Hmm. There's some connotations there that uh, that uh, don't sit well with me. Anyway, yeah, uh, was that Michael Landon? No, that was um, Highway to Heaven. Oh, it's Highway to Heaven. All right, right. What was Touched by an I Angel? Think Michael Landon might have been dead by '96. Touched yeah. by an Angel. I never saw it. I just uh, wasn't it like on like this whatever the CW CBS. is now. No, nope. CBS. CBS. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think Home there was a, a large black woman in it or something like that. All right. It's Oprah. Oh, it got me horny again. There is no need <laughs> for self-love. Home improvement. Okay. Now the mom was kind of a hottie. Oh, uh, yeah. 
single guy? What the hell is a single guy? Oh, hey, that was uh, fucking, what's that guy? David Silverman. Oh, yeah. Ever watch it? Yeah, I saw a couple episodes of that. This one, I'll be surprised if you know it, because I don't. Fired Up? Nope. Number six, The Naked Truth? Nope. I told you I didn't watch shit for TV back then. All right. Well, anyway, but Friends? And and I'm on the record as saying I think Lisa Kudrow is the hottest of the three, so. I'll go with that, too, yeah. Okay. She's she's perfectly rated. Exactly. Um, Suddenly Susan. Um. Yeah, that was uh. What's her name? The the model, like second show. Uh. Yeah. Like, Brooke, Brooke Shields. Shields. Yeah. I and and the guy who who played uh the the rebel in uh, Breakfast Club. He was her boss. Judd Nelson was Judd this? Nelson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think this was right after Seinfeld or Friends, and somehow that's how it had its success because it was wedged in there. Because God, I I don't I don't think I watched a single episode of that. I, I know it existed. Number two is Seinfeld. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Oh, you like Dreyfus? Yeah, I do. Yeah, she's held up pretty good. The little president action. Yeah, she really has, you know, and uh, and she's a funny woman too. Uh, ER, never liked it. I don't like any hospital shows. Uh, I'm like, trying to, well, I liked I, I, House. I, I thought was good, hmm. but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm. It seems like the only things that they can do for TV dramas are cops or hospitals, but uh, the yeah. occasional lawyer law firm, but. Uh, so ER was number one. Remember, like I actually got the George Clooney haircut for a while. That that wow. I think it was called the Caesar. Okay. Yeah, nice. I rocked that. It was probably around this time. Probably the last time I actually had a uh, a stylist that I would go to, you know, as on a schedule. You'd go there and then you'd put on your your little vest and go clubbing. Yeah, you're, I was just gonna bring that up. Yeah, I, I'm surprised you remember that. Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I that was an occasional thing, but yeah, that was during the same time. I like it. I like. I, I just like you to have your own theme music, and it'd be Operation Mindcrime, just a little <laughs> player in your your pocket. Mindcrime. How about uh, how about we do another song, then we do the movies? What say right. you? It's your pick, I believe. All right. Well, I'm going to go with a band that just uses three strings on the guitar and two strings on the bass, and it <laughs> is the Presidents of the United States of America with their album t- off their album two. With the track Mach 5.
So a quick story about the President of the United States of America, and that is that we, as you know, I was in a fraternity in college, Paco, is, is your want to make fun of me, yes? Yeah. Well, it's all out of envy and jealousy, though. <laughs> and we had this thing uh, that was basically, I can't remember what it was, but it was a, a lip sync contest for all the fraternities on this on the at Purdue to get to do a, a you know a song on stage and we did a performance of peaches with me on lead vocals and fake and fake guitar and it was the do you remember the video we had all the ninjas fighting and shit I do okay so we reenacted that we had a couple guys that were uh that were the ninjas and we had two really fat guys that were sumo wrestlers that we had wear diapers and run into each other. It was choreographed. And you know what? We fucking won the entire thing. I'm so proud of you. Something you never heard your dad say. (laughs) (laughs) There are 50 when we had to the finals. And I'll tell you this much. I have it on videotape somewhere. It's one of the only things I haven't purged. I have to. I'll, I'll see if I can get up on the Cobra page. It is a. It is a uh, an award winning performance for sure. Well, cool. Um, that record's kind of a fun listen once in a while. Uh, I I really like that song. Uh, I don't know, Kitty. Is it just called Kitty? Meow, 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 meow. It's Kitty. It's Lump. A couple other ones. Yeah, and Lump uh, Chrysler used to play once in a while. Um, wow. I, I, I fucking. <laughs> well, we remember we 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 would do like cover shows and we'd yeah, yeah. kind of and. Um, yeah, I, that was up there with crazy bitch with things that like I do not want to do this, but people, right? F- it fucking got a reaction most times that that was a positive, and that would that would help you power through. But um, let's get back to the top. We we we, we hit the twenty two eleven on the movies in the last episode. Let's go ten through one. You have the top ten in front of you. I do. Here we go. Number ten. Time to kill. Hey, there's John Grisham, my boy. Read this book. Yeah, this had Sandra Bullock. She was uh, definitely in my top ten at the time. Oh, I really? Her for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. She's never really done it for me. She's an okay actress, yeah. though. I just, I, I'm really into chicks that drive buses. Okay, uh, nice. Birdcage. <sighs> God, I don't know. This whole thing, like, this 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 movie annoys me. Me too. Uh, I I honestly don't get the uh, the people who love Nathan Lane because he only does one fucking annoying thing in yeah. everything he yeah. does, uh, and I just uh, I, I, mad props for Robin Williams just as as a as a comic uh, and, and an actor, but uh, not not this one. I'd probably be more likely to watch uh, Tu Wong Fu than this one. <laughs> I've never seen that, but I know what it is. What what about the uh... Uh, who's the guy that does the voices for The Simpsons and everything? And he's wearing like short shorts the entire time. Oh, oh uh, yeah. I can't. What's his name? He's in everything. Yeah, you know he's what I'm he's the guy about. who does the voice of Mo, right? Napu. Yes. Yeah. I, be- I believe so. Yes. I can't remember. Anyway. Really. Yeah. And uh, the Nutty Professor. Nah, never saw it. Never liked it. The big fat suit era. Uh, yeah, just, this is one of those movies that I, I see the trailer and I'm like, I don't need to see that. Nope. The Rock. Yeah, kind of that uh, um, brain-dead type of action movie that a lot of people I grew up with like. I enjoyed this one. It was big, dumb, stupid Sean Connery. Uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery and, uh, oh, fuck, Nicolas Cage. Yes? Yep. Yep, the Cage. Oh, here we go. Here is Sublime's uh, favorite movie, 101 Dalmatians. (laughs) 101 inbred dogs. (laughs) say after this craze that's when everybody wanted to get a dalmatian but people didn't realize that they're 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 not the uh 
they don't have the best, uh, what do you call it, This lineage? movie, I mean, th- there was an 101 Dalmatians movie before this. I don't know, you really saying that this sparked a dog buying craze? Well, because it was live action and all that, and, and people wanted to be, you know, wanted to, to get them to have them and sell, the, sell their pelts. Are you sure you're not like, confused with Spuds McKenzie? <laughs> this, this was a movie that came out in 96. It was the live action version. And uh, there was a craze for Dalmatians. Go look it up. Ask Jeeves. I, I miss Spuds McKenzie. I do miss him. I I I actually had a T-shirt when I was in eighth grade. Of course, you with did. a beer advertisement. I wore Spuds McKenzie to school, and they didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Imagine now, you're oh, wearing yeah. like a mar- oh, what about Joe Camel? People wore those fucking shirts back then. Yeah, school. I wore those in high school. Ah. Oh. The greatest part about it is you're wearing stuff that you get for free for drinking or, or smoking to get that to earn that, right? Yeah, well, there was different ways. I mean, I got a couple of them just by buying a pack of cigarettes. Okay. Um, but yeah, you could get the camel cash and send it in. Yeah. Ugh. Ransom. Give me back my son. Huh? Give me back my son. <laughs> ah, known Jew hater. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> Mel Gibson. I'm amazed that this. I'm amazed that movie is in the top ten. I, for some reason, I didn't think it was that big of a movie. Jerry Maguire. We don't need to do the quotes. Mission at but you get two in a row. Jesus. This is the beginning of of well, it's a continuing of domination. God damn, Tom Cruise, like thirty over thirty years of domination of the box office. Number three, Mission Impossible. He's got number three and number four for that year. No doubt. Then oh Twister. Actually, two and one I saw together. Um my girlfriend that I mentioned, she rented these two and we had like a date night inside, but uh uh, Twister is such a fucking stupid movie. My oh, God. Oh, God, it's terrible. And, and it follows the same fucking cookie-cutter uh, script of every movie. Uh, so many damn movies. And it's just, I don't know, some actually pretty good actors in it. <laughs> you got Carrie Ulls. Uh, I, I always kind of like Jamie Gertz. Helen Hunt nearly didn't do much for me, but she's a, a good actress. Bill Paxton. And who's that? Uh, he's dead now, the, the blonde guy, who's kind of like the comedic relief on the... On the, oh, the, that's uh, uh, Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I, I, I really have always liked him, but uh, I, yeah, just the idea that like you guys are chasing corporate. You're corporate tornado chasers. We do it for the the science and the love. It's like give me oh, a fucking no. break, man. Science needs money. I never liked it, uh, and I also didn't like the number one. I, I never liked Independence Day either. Everything I just said about Twister applies to this fucking movie too. Yes. Oh my God! I can't. And believe suddenly, this is Bill Pullman talk like this. Yeah, it's great because he does great presidential speeches. The those are the dumbest movies. <laughs> if you put Twister and Independence Day uh, with 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 levels of stupidity and uh, and bad writing against any other, I, I guarantee they clobber any other top two movies for the last twenty four years. Oh, Maybe. good budgets, and they, they, they brought in some credible actors, but yeah, I just uh, the That's script it. is so fucking insulting and, and dumb in both of them, and just the, the one-liners. But here's my theory. With with kind of like Nirvana and grunge kind of changing the pop culture and the way we looked at the world, five years later, we were a little fatigued. I don't want it to be serious anymore. I want girls to look hot again. Um, you know, it's just that Poison reunites, Kiss goes back on tour, and these two movies are in one and two. <laughs> okay, that's a that's a good theory. But of course, you got the you got the great track "Humans Being" by Sammy Sammy and uh, and the Van Halen brothers. Yeah, that song sucks. 
Well, Van Halen had a song on that soundtrack, but I have a different Van Halen tune. They uh, they sort of semi-reunited with David LaRoth, and then that all imploded this whole year. Um, and they did the Greatest Hits package with, with two new songs, um, which, of course, is why Sammy left the band or was fired, all, all that garbage that we've got into. But uh, the song uh, with Dave back on vocals, uh, I thought it was pretty good, and Me Wise Magic.
Yeah, when we were talking about the reunions, and I just kind of glossed over it there, but this was kind of big news that uh, uh, very akin to the way Kiss did, and much to the chagrin of Mitch Malloy, uh, Van Halen just kind (laughs) of walked out on stage at an awards show with David, and that was the way they announced to the world. You know, they kind of followed the the Kiss lead there. Um, But yeah, we all know the story that it was very short-lived. Things kind of went haywire from there very quick, and they ended up just dumping out this Greatest Hits album with two new songs that featured Dave on vocals. Yeah, it was super confusing to me because that was, I remember hearing that that greatest hits and, you know, it, the fact that they actually got in the studio and did those tracks and then it all fell apart. It was just, it was just yeah. very bizarre, right? Oh, while you know? Mitch Malloy was in the next room. Yo, weren't you that guy in Van Halen? That's right. He's like warming up his voice. He's like, just stay in here for, we'll let you know. I don't want to be known as the, the crazy guy who goes around saying he's in Van Halen. He's in there just whitening his teeth. <laughs> I'm ready for my fucking, close-up, guys. Uh, crest strips on his teeth, waiting to get the call. With that, uh, it's your pick, Lewis. What do you got for uh, next for 1986, the greatest year in rock? Yeah, as far as comebacks, too, you know, this year was the comeback of Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> I knew you were going here, man. <laughs> I mean, he'd had a little bit of a lull, uh, mostly because I think Michael Jackson didn't release anything for a couple of years. But he was back, and he was ready to tell everybody about the trials and tribulations of being Amish. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain But that's just perfect for an Amish like me You know I shun fancy things like electricity At 4.30 in the morning I'm milking cows Jebediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows Fool and I've been milking and plowing so long that Even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone I'm a man of the land, I'm into discipline Got a Bible in my hand and a beard on my chin But if I finish all of my chores and you finish thine Then tonight we're gonna party like it's 1699 We've been spending most our lives living in an Amish paradise A churn butter once or twice living in an Amish paradise It's hard work and sacrifice living in an Amish paradise We sell quilts at discount price living in an Amish paradise me in the butt last week I just smiled at him and I turned the other cheek I really don't care in fact I wish him well cause I'll be laughing my head off when he's burning in hell but I ain't never punched a tourist even if he deserved it an Amish with a tood you know that's unheard of I never wear buttons but I got a cool hat and my homies agree I really look good in black fool if you come to visit you'll be bored to tears we haven't even paid the phone bill in 300 years but we ain't really quaint so Please don't point and stare, we're just technologically impaired. There's no phone, no lights, no motor car, not a single luxury. Like Robinson Crusoe, it's as primitive as can be. We've been spending most our lives living in an Amish paradise. We're just plain and simple guys living in an Amish paradise. There's no time for sin. I love the fact that uh, Coolio is still butthurt over that. It's like the the only guy who, who's like, dude, you do realize you're fucking Coolio, right? I mean, look at yourself in the mirror. Stop taking yourself so fucking seriously, man. 
Maybe he didn't like the fact that the name of the album was called Bad Hair Day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you ever seen that YouTube show Hot Ones? No. What is okay. that? Okay, it's a it's a show where this guy interviews people and while they eat uh, uh, hot wings with ever escalating heat. <laughs> Um, okay. And there's one with Coolio. I, I recommend everybody watch it. It's kind of a fun show for the most part, but but check out Hot Ones with Coolio and get to the part where he actually takes his hat off. You will fucking shit yourself when you see his <laughs> head. <laughs> All right. I can't wait. He gets too yeah, hot. Anyway. He's got to take his hat off. Yeah. Yeah. So you can fast forward to that part. It's, it's towards the end when he gets the really hot stuff. But uh, Nice. Uh, and, yeah. and we should probably mention the name of the song. That was Amish Paradise, of course. All right, I'm going to quiz you here on uh, some sports. You ready? Yep. World Series champion. 96 was uh, Yankees. Boom. Super Bowl 30. Um, uh, 96 would have been uh, Packers. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, the Packers. Cowboys. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the Packers, 96 team won. It would have been 96. Sorry. Yep, this is the... Okay, anyway, what else you got? This one you can just pretty much guess. Uh, NBA champion. 96. That would have been the Bulls again. You got it. Yep. Stanley Cup. Am I going too far? This one's going to be a little tougher. Uh, let me see, 96. Maybe the New York Rangers? Avalanche. Okay. Oh, the first year in Colorado. Yeah, they stole the team from Quebec. Yep. And one last one. Of course, I know that you're a big fan of... of uh, of horse racing, winner yeah. of the Kentucky Derby. What was the what was the name of the horse? Uh, cigar. <laughs> this is grindstone. Oh, that's close. Okay, what what's the next artist? Next band. For my last pick of the greatest uh, year in rock, nineteen ninety six. Uh, as a fan of the King of the Hill, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Refreshments. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, man, I tell you what, they, they probably didn't have much of a career after that because that show stayed on TV for thirteen years. And if they set up the right contract and arrangement, they were continuing to get a payday for quite some time. Uh, uh, only Les Claypool uh, can can relate. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Refreshments had an album, what is it called, Fizzy, Fuzzy, Big and Buzzy or something like that. Um, and I've always had a fond, fondness for the, the basically their only hit, and that's Banditos. So just how far down do you want to go when we could... Talk it out over a cup of joe And you could look deep into my eyes Like I was a supermodel Uh-huh Well, it's you and me, baby No one else we could trust We'll say nothing to no one Know how or we bust and never crack
That's a great song, by the way, and I had actually never heard it until you featured it on some random episode a while back. Really? That was the first time? Yeah, I don't know why, because apparently it was a huge song. Yes, yeah, I mean, big enough. enough. Yeah, no, but uh, I dig it. Big cool. time. Good pick. Well, we're getting towards uh, the end here, Luce. Um Any other fun facts from 96 before we get into your last pick? Uh, Pantera put out an album called The Great Southern Trendkill. Yeah, I, I like the record. I'm going to reveal something that's going to shock the world. Uh-oh. That is, that is Pantera, eh, overrated. Oh, do you really think you having a shit opinion is uh, shocking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Loose Cannon has something stupid to say. What? I I just played Weirdo Yankovic and the President of the United States of America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know, man. I uh, I am not the world's biggest Pantera fan, as you know, but uh, I have uh, a lot of respect for uh, musically what they did. Don't like the guitar tone. It took me a while too, man. It was really. It, it, it is what it is, though. I mean, you know what I mean. It's like. Norwegian black metal, I'll never like because it, it what they're going for is actually what you hear. It's not that 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 they can't tighten it up and, and make it sound better. It's actually part of it. It's supposed to sound hard and cold and shitty. So I yeah. think Pantera almost kind of developed this sound that really was meant just for Pantera. And right. yeah, it took me a while to uh, to get over that. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of the tone. But once I got into it a little bit, I was more of like, okay, I get it. But it is very rough and abrasive, very, very metallic. Yeah, it's essentially their guitar tone is is akin to Billy Corgan's voice to me. Okay. That's yeah, if you can't is. get past that, you're never going to like anything about them. But to say they're overrated is, I don't know. It's like I personally have an issue with the way it sounds, therefore they're not good. Yeah, I don't know. Not for me. We're not uh, talking about Beyonce I'll, I'll, here, I'll, asshole. Okay, listen to me. Tool put out an album, Anemia, with the track Hooker with a Penis. Your your thoughts on Tool? I love Tool. At this time, at least? Yeah, no, I got into Tool with the uh, the Undertale record, so. Yeah. I got that, and uh, they, they were kind of like Pantera to me. I, I never could get back, get, get, back, get back into them. but um, You know, I'll say this. As much as I like them, I buy everything they release. I, they're not a must-see band for me. I mean, I've, the three times I've seen them have been at Fest. Uh, I would, I've never bought a ticket because I wanted to go see them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I saw them in, at, at Lollapalooza on the side stage before even Undertow came out, and they're phenomenal. And then I saw them, I don't know, 20 years later or something like that, and all I remember is a light show, and then Maynard hid behind an amp the entire time and never came out. Here's the thing with Tool. 
it, the if they just don't really fit a certain thing for a lot of people and they can't get past that. And that's fine. That just means it's not for you. You know what I mean? There's a lot of right. stuff out there that isn't for me. But I, I've never had a problem with the way they presented their stuff. I don't care that they, they take these long breaks or do these weird things. I actually think they are fucking with their fans, as you know. I think they I think they do that quite a bit. Um, but that's part of the whole thing. I think a lot of their fans understand that, and they're still fans. I just, it, it's okay for them to, it seems like I, I hear a lot of criticism, like, what's the fucking point if you're going to hide back there? I kind of get what you're saying, but that's what they're doing. Who cares? Don't. <laughs> Don't go. I mean, I don't really put on a tool record with the idea like I don't playlist tool. That's a better way to put it. I I, yeah. I will listen to a record and I'll listen to it from beginning to end. Uh, and it, to be honest with you, I, I like I said, I'm not yeah. I'm not their biggest fan. It kind of all blends together. Well, they're, they're definitely an album. I mean, if you have a tool song come up in a mix, that's going to be that's a jarring thing. Yeah, you know I mean, it'd have to be off their EP or the song Sober. That's about it. Also this year, uh, Pearl Jam completely lost the thread for me, and I was out of them for at least a decade with the album No Code. Is this the first record since uh, Vitology? This is the one right after Vitology. I'm looking at the track list here, and there is is a song, Off He Goes, which is like a ballad that I remember. I own this. I I, I couldn't get through this album. I I was done. I didn't Um, even buy Yield, the next one, which is actually pretty good. Your thoughts? Vitalogy made it clear to me that they were going a direction that uh, wasn't yep. really my cup of tea, so I checked out. I didn't buy anything after that until their most recent record, the Lightning Bolt. Yeah, that, that's what it was for me. I mean, uh, Vitalogy, I, I hated that. I didn't like that either. And I also hated the fact that they had two songs with the name Man on it, Better Man and and uh, Nothing Man. Ridiculous. And, and they both suck. Yeah, yeah, they played them all the time. Better Man. Also this year, King's X with Ear Candy. Perfectly rated. Rush with a stir of echoes or echoes or some shit. I'm going to fall into the trap of with Neil Peart's passing. I'm going to make an effort to dig deeper into Rush. That's cool. I I did, and and it's still not for me. Okay. But I respect them. But I respect them. Uh, That's all I got as far as just like like side albums. Do you have anything else that maybe we haven't mentioned or that you... Kind of, we're going through, and we're maybe surprised. Came Not out in this my year. notes. We covered everything that I, that I had. So, okay. I mean, Celine, okay. Celine Dion, sure, and uh, Mariah Bone Carey. Bone Thugs, Bone Thugs released Crossroads this year. Oh, Tony Braxton, a little bit of a spank material back then. She had that "You're Making Me High" tune. <laughs> Spice Girls had "Wannabe," number one single. <laughs> so you're ready to get out of here, Baco? I am, man. 1996 was the greatest year in rock, clearly. It was, it was. So we're going to play out with Bad Religion. They One of your favorites, uh, kind of an oddball band uh, that you like a lot that uh, at yeah, least doesn't fit yeah. in your little cubby hole. My little zone, that's right. Right, very, no, it's uh, kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And that is the, with the album The Gray Race, and we're going to play out with Streets of America. So. Very cool. Rock's not dead. It just got greenlit to be in Tom Cruise's next movie.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.